Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of The X-Button. I am one of your hosts, Alejandro, and with me is the silhouette of my good friend, Paul, that has been consumed by Mardi Gras. How are you doing, silhouette of Paul? Hello, Alejandro. And no longer a silhouette. That is, <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm just... Uh, I am the embodiment of Mardi Gras currently. <laughs> of clownery? Embodiment yes. of clownery? <laughs> I have my nice little beach hat. I've got my round sun shades that I picked up, oddly enough, at a Comic-Con. And uh, I've got some beads that I actually just got off of Bourbon Street. And you look because, a little dark. Uh, oh, yeah, that's because of uh, this reason. There, there it go. is. Hey! <laughs> there it is. That is me. So, so, Paul, how are you enjoying the clownery considering the things that are happening in the world right now? Well, there's a lot going on. Right. Um, it turns out Activision decided they wanted to do some certain things, and then they started a war out of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they wanted to get real life examples for what yes. their next team death matches are going to be about. Right. Um, and, and then I that, saw the, I saw the um, someone made the horrible joke. It was like they are. Well, I'm going to save it for when for news when we actually read yeah. because there's some Call of Duty stuff here. But yeah, it's like. Not to kind of bury the lead, but yeah, it's like horrible stuff that's happening over there in Europe. The Ukraine invasion by the Russian government, not Russian people. Yes. The Russian right. people are very clear. They're not fans of what's happening there, but some horrible stuff showing up in social media. It's like, it's kind of weird feeling that that kind of weird feeling of knowing something's amiss somewhere in the world. And we're kind of here just like with that anxiousness of what could happen but hey sometimes when those things happen you need a little escape from reality for a little bit and that's why this podcast is <laughs> thankfully for us we're here for and yes. i'm glad that you did say that at the start because absolutely we do not condone any of that we absolutely denounce whatever's going on over mm -hmm. there but then we're also caught in that weird place where we're so far away that there's almost no way to really help besides donate to the right sources mm -hmm. and then keep moving on and uh that fighting that has been a weird feeling for me lately but uh that's what we're here for to kind of provide that escape while yeah. also supporting the right places exactly and uh yeah my, our thoughts and prayers are with all the people in ukraine the people are like uh, escaping from there plus there are people from other countries that were in the country as they were fleeing everything that's happening there hopefully this conflict doesn't keep just escalating and escalating but yeah this is the X Bottom Podcast or Gaming Podcast that posts every Wednesday from 10 a.m. onwards, God willing. Available in the YouTube channel, Escape Media, as well as most audio services around the world. Think Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the like. You can find the links in the RSS feed at anchor.fm slash escape media. Paul, despite the horribleness happening there, at least in the gaming world, we've been eating good. Like There's been a in, feast. <laughs> yeah, a feast going. So, Ooh. And thankfully, we've been literally playing the same games. Yep. You know, anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's helped that uh, all of these have been either delayed from previous years mm -hmm. or we've been looking for them uh, forward to them for at least two yeah. or three years as two well. Of the, two of these were originally 2021 stuff before they got pushed. And then okay. one of these, the big one, was a January game that then got pushed. But yeah. Right. I mean, have you kept playing Horizon after we did the big episode last week? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i um as soon as witch queen came out i started playing that a lot mm -hmm. and then by the time i got like i kind of bounced back and forth elden ring came out and i was like i can't do 
both of these at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to wait until I either hit a really big wall on Elden Ring mm-hmm. or feel myself like uh, losing steam and then I'll jump back into Horizon. But right now, I think it's hard for me to like bounce between three different things because I get way too excited mm-hmm. and I'll be playing a different game, wanting to play the other game. Yeah. And uh, that's not a good place to be for me because then I don't enjoy myself while I'm doing it. So oh, I'm trying to just bounce between the two. No, like this week's games, like completely overshadow Horizon for me. Like I said it last week, Horizon delivered everything I wanted plus more. But then these other two also delivered in a way. So I haven't much played Horizon. Why were they all good? Yes, exactly. Right. (laughs) If one of them was bad, I wouldn't feel bad about it. Mm, But no, they they turned out to exceed expectations in some way, shape or form. And uh, I did jump to Horizon late last night, just kind of like as a little palate cleanser. And I tell you, it's like, it, it felt good to be back, especially visually. I was like, oh, right. This game does look really great. Yeah. But my mind was still in the other one. So, yeah, there's something to be said about juggling three different games. But even in the little bit that I was there in Horizon, I tell you, some of the discoveries I made in Horizon, I even texted you there. Yeah. Like, if you ever went to, like, a particular city from mm-hmm. West in the U.S., that they made a really stunning recreation and an ink interesting way considering the time horizon is set on right. that i was like man i can't wait for you to see that so horizon it is just as fun as all back for sure um because one of the fun of it was finding the real life things in horizon mm-hmm. and i haven't been disappointed yet but i also have not even touched the surface of what horizon has to offer mm-hmm. um but i feel like that about all three of these games that yes. have come out <laughs> Exactly, especially with the first one that came out during the week, which was Destiny 2 Witch Queen. My second most anticipated thing from 2022. And uh, I'll just say this, as someone that has played Destiny since 2014 nonstop, 80 years have passed. I cannot believe the best of Destiny is happening this late in the cycle still. Whenever you think something's like long in the tooth, sometimes when you're much later on, that's when things start getting a little bit more wobbly or going downhill. But man, the Witch Queen expansion, it's a... How is this not a full game? Just saying, just asking, how is this How is this not priced as a full game? Obviously, there's the deluxe edition. I know we talked about it, and it was like, yeah, you got the deluxe edition for... 80 bucks. 80 80 bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, the main expansion is $40. Mm -hmm. And it comes with an entire campaign that is the entire length of any one like Halo or Call of Duty campaign with just as much care in the plot, focus on the encounters, environments, voice acting, Remember crazy stuff going on. During the Viaduct or the Witch Queen reveal we watched on August, they literally name dropped. If you're a fan of campaigns like Doom, Titanfall, and the like, and it they feels were, like it. They, they, they were like, like yeah, full... we're finally doing it. Because yeah. campaigns were always for Destiny, almost afterthoughts in a way, because they knew that the meat was in the post-game. Right. And the, and the campaigns, at least for difficulty and length, it's like those campaigns were one or two hours long sometimes. The uh, Beyond Light was like three hours. This one was a six to eight hour one. Yeah, I remember each time I'd get through a mission, I was like, wait, there's more? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was expecting especially... them to kind of pull the rug out from under you and be like, all right, now to see the real conclusion, go play this raid or play that game yeah. mode. And But it was like a full thing that yeah. was crazy. And then, then on top of that, for a series that originally was lambasted for, 
either how bad a story was or for not having a story, yeah. how they really turn around the whole story perce like perception into them being able to like really pick so many threads that started either from the um, Grimoire uh, cards from Destiny One that you could only access through the computer oh my to gosh, tiny yeah. little to tiny little kernels of narrative they finally started improving from Taken King onward back in 2015. Yeah. The ongoing storytelling that happened all, all throughout year four, which was the Beyond Light year, to now here, it feels like they watched Avengers Infinity War and Endgame and see how they picked all those pieces and then took inspiration from that. It feels like that. Everything feels has that's kind of way the the build up and anticipation. Yeah. Especially also, near the end, yeah. um, that last cutscene. I, I felt like Thanos vibes from uh -huh. all of that. I was like, wait, so they've been building up Witch Queen and all this stuff, and then they've, there's more to mm -hmm. come after that? And, like, the design for these characters uh -huh. is so cool. Yeah. Um, specifically, the one in my head that uh -huh. I know you're thinking of yes. related to the stuff uh -huh. um, was so cool to look at. And uh, I want to see what, like, oh my gosh i've got so much notes on that side of it with mm -hmm. like the design and the uniqueness of things so like destiny has a very specific aesthetic mm -hmm. and it's like halo meets supernatural wizard shenanigans yes and more than ever which win is that <laughs> but it's <laughs> like every single time no matter how different all of it is you can look at any one either screenshot or weapon you're like that's from destiny mm -hmm. you look at the armor that's from destiny like you know it and it's it's so cool because it's one of those things that you don't notice unless it's wrong Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, this doesn't match with what we're going for anymore. I don't know what's going on, but Destiny just cons consistently keeps hitting tens mm -hmm. and in the art in the art in the art department. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And especially just within the new destination, the throne world is like so much variety within that big world. Yeah. I was um, worried it was going to be just the swamp like uh -huh. we had seen in the trailers and it is a lot more than that there's the caves the crazy the cathedral mm -hmm. castle place was i love walking through that because it's atmospheric as heck the astral kind of like altered dimension things that you go that are like all purplish yeah. uh the hellmouth an improvement over the season of the lost which at first i really liked and then i realized because you pull away all of the color Mm -hmm. It really starts to drain on you after a while, week to week, having to go back in um, because everything's mostly black and white with like a little purple tint. Mm -hmm. But they really improved that now where it's a lot more visually interesting to go through. Yeah, those it made sense there because it, you were dealing with the Taken. The Taken is about literally extracting like essence and it's Which, just like a black and it. white thing. But that being the season that was like six months long and that was like the activity going into the Shadow Realm, that would... Uh, become a little monotonous to see there's nothing every time that i look at witch queen it's like visually pleasing it really feels like the art the the, the art designers for destiny had the time of their lives designing this and yeah. all the great designs shown everywhere from that, that entire campaign to the post game stuff and it's been a while since i played an expansion where i'm like oh my god there's so much to do so many viable places to go that it, sometimes you don't feel like you're scratching the surface and then yeah. you go back to the, and this was just the $40 expansion. I haven't even touched the seasonal stuff that was from, that's where the deluxe edition kind of comes in. I'm like, now, thank the you. seasonal stuff, that is the stuff involving the the spear, right? Yeah, Kyrel okay. and the uh, and, and the Cabal. 
and the psyops and mm -hmm. all that okay yes i'm currently messing with the psyops and i actually i don't know if it was a bug but i went into the psyops playlist and it loaded up a regular battlegrounds for me one time i was like i've been here before wait a second yeah. and i went through the <laughs> whole thing and realized i like got in the wrong playlist yes. somehow um but that was really funny uh, but anyway like yeah just the variety of each of those things i mean i know people are memeing on the wellspring right now but there's mm -hmm. the wellspring the psyops all the improvements to every other area of the game between gambit crucible vanguard mm -hmm. um the actual storyline there's the world sandbox area and it's just there's so much going on um i don't know how they were able to keep it kind of together i mm -hmm. kind of feel bad for anybody coming back to the game right now yeah because <laughs> they they were like oh yeah there's so much stuff we're gonna take some away and then they just add all sorts of different new things to do and focus on mm -hmm. that if i didn't already keep it straight in my mind what was already supposed to be there and what's new now mm -hmm. i would be lost as heck yeah. um and there's no way for me to know like when i'm looking at the map what thing is like kind of tied to which part of it mm -hmm. um and that just that throws me off a little bit but i'm like man i'm eating good with destiny and it's it's so fun the new weapons mm -hmm. the, the, the weapon crafting aspects void 3.0 um which for anybody listening that doesn't understand destiny has three now four different classes mm -hmm. um power, power classes sub, mm -hmm. yeah there you go um and they just completely revamped one of them after the inclusion of the fourth so void was the first one that mm -hmm. they're doing that with and they completely changed it's so busted in the best way yes and, um, and 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 that's a key because when they introduced stasis which was the fourth subclass the darkness like freezing subclass last yeah. year they introduced it in a busted in a bad way state where yes uh, it was like destroying other modes outside pve like pvp was a disaster when stasis got introduced yeah. that they literally spent almost half a year nailing at it for it to not feel like so oppressive in its use that then it when they finally nailed the coffin with stasis for it to finally be in that okay we haven't nerfed it so much that it's not fun to use but it's not gonna dominate the proceedings with everything with void it feels like they hit that middle spot they eventually reached with stasis yeah. like almost immediately and it bodes really well whenever they do arc 3.0 and solar 3.0 throughout this year because destiny now feels like a, a full game that now fully embraces build diversity they started toying yeah. with that with like the armor mods you had your grenade build that you did in season of the lost i rarely i i always had the charge with light um build that yeah. i that to me was just simple it was universal i didn't have to like specifically always tie myself to armor so i didn't toy but it's good that destiny has been doing that because that's the mmo route that makes it infinitely um customizable and I'm glad you pointed that out because that reminded me they changed the way that you can change aspects of armor mm -hmm. in the Witch Queen. I'm I'm not sure if you saw it yet, but like you know, in order to change something from say arc to void of like on the armor no, itself, that's been a while. That's been there for no, a no, while. You could, but it cost a ton of stuff. If you had oh, okay. it fully masterworked, it costs. Mm -hmm. 
um, ascended shards. It was like really pricey and really difficult. Now all it takes is one upgrade module and fifty thousand glimmer, and you right. can change the entire. Even if setup. you have the fully upgraded armor, if you have it fully okay, upgraded, that's great. That's it really, is that's so really good. good. I was able to switch things over from the way the solar was because at first I was like, crap, I'm going to have to find an entirely different piece of armor that's going to be that subclass. And then I'm going to have to make sure it has a good roll mm -hmm. and a good number on it. And then I can make sure that works. But then they were like, okay, no, just spend the upgrade module, spend the glimmer, and then you could switch your entire setup around for the price of like a couple of guns. And that it felt so good because I immediately got into the new build for Void mm -hmm. and I can't go back. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> Basically, it's doing what mine did before, mm -hmm. but I am not just tied to only the grenade mm -hmm. and the exotic I can use boosts everything that I have. So it's like, just like you said, where it's the, what well, you said, the bungee um, 30 second rule. Yeah, the 30 second of fun. The 30 seconds um, of fun. That's the one where like I get the shield throw, the barricade that gives me over shield, and the grenade. And each time I use one of them, the others get boosted recovery. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I literally have not touched my gun sometimes because I'm just throwing, throwing everything. everything. It's a power it fantasy. It's like back. the power, the power oh. fantasy is just embraced and it's not like being shied away from. And at yeah. this point, like no one seems, I haven't seen much like screaming saying that. You gotta nerf this. It's like destroying something. So I know they did I something hope they right. I nerf it. Yeah. <laughs> I so hope they don't because I have no complaints at all about anything they did. I love the shield throw. I hated most of the melee classes for mm -hmm. Void where like they had their use, but it didn't really do much to me. But now I can like, it's distance. Having the, having, and you're a Titan. You're having the shield throw like intrinsically oh, yeah. your melee, your charge melee now. Instead of just and, having to wait to pop the shield for it to be the thing, right? Big change because it's it, so helpful. It has a, that little distance for a class that's usually more up close and personal. Yeah, that would make Titan something unviable in high end content where you can get slapped. Right. And you have <laughs> so, to, like, yeah, you saw it where I was trying to do the nightfall problem and I had to run and pick up everything that dropped to keep my process going. Mm -hmm. And now I don't have to get even close to them. Yeah. I throw things. <laughs> I throw the other thing. I activate the other thing. And the first thing's back. It's great. Um, so it's just, it's been a lot of fun messing with it. And I feel like it's going to be a long time before I get tired of everything Destiny added. Speaking so, of fun, what about that legendary campaign? Um, ah, yes. Oh, that is, that is tough. That is so tough. And so, I want to go back now that I've changed things up because mm -hmm. I feel like I do a lot better. But man. Yes, it's like, it's no joke. When I say that, if you ever played a game like Doom Eternal and like Ultra Difficulty, yeah. they are, they they have kind of like cha cha channeled that experience into a legendary campaign. And it's something that I haven't ever seen so universally loved, just how everyone loves to be challenged with Destiny. Yeah. Because... Destiny, for the most part, unless you're doing a raid, it's usually a cakewalk. That's why sometimes you feel the cakewalk and then go to that and then you get slapped. I was talking to you in private about that. Like yeah. When we were doing the Nightfall the week before Witch Queen, trying to just farm stuff that yeah. that sometimes you have to like separate yourself from the fun and the optimal. Mm -hmm. And that's always something that really breaks your mind. And 
there is no optim true optimal way to play right now because it's the beginning and they tune exactly. that right in a way that um you're always going to be challenged but like there's I've not seen... one mod that's mm -hmm. the specific broken one there's not one weapon that's the specific well, excuse me specific broken one mm -hmm. each class has different options and approaches it's just all viable and fun mm -hmm. and that's all i've ever wanted exactly and, and <laughs> seeing how many people even in first times have been able to conquer through that legendary campaign that really tells me it's like they tuned the difficulty right and let's not forget that halo was the master of difficulty like the bungee yep. halo with legendary you gotta go back to the source of it because it they don't use legendary lightly uh -huh. and i didn't take it seriously enough until recently and i was like oh yeah they meant it as mm -hmm. this is that challenge especially mission three uh, that meme mm -hmm. that i sent you the terminator and the and the waifu girl like hiding oh, yeah. the desk is like that's perfect like the perfect representation especially the third mission the ghost mission yeah, I, I will never forget that because i started the campaign did the first two missions and then our because you're a clan mod, I'm, I'm also a clan. We're clan admins for Clan Chaotic. If you're looking for a clan, join ours. Join we're, us. We talk. Yes. We hang out. Oh yeah. So our other clan admin, Vance, he invited me to do legendary because I started normal. Because I was like, I kind of, I have this mindset of, I always love my first run through of anything to be pure, especially, yep. if, especially with story based stuff. And now that I really care about the story, sometimes I hate the idea of tainting my first experience over sometimes the frustration of running your head against the wall against something yeah so I, did, I did the first two missions and then our clan our clan mate asked me hey want to help me with legendary for the first one yeah i'll do those first two missions again it's like oh yeah it's like legendary is no joke and then you were i didn't you mentioned something i thought you were in mission two so i was like i'm gonna jump in and help you and then i didn't re realize you were in the middle of mission three when you were getting yeah. like barraged by the scorched yep. um the loosened hype that is like the hunter blade barrage yep. and then i immediately joined and i got it like rained by like all the destroyed knives. in one shot and, and because um, like on legendary that move is a one-shot kill if you're not behind something and uh i just i wasn't really optimized in the way uh -huh. it was i still had my old build and it just wasn't doing it for and me and what made it funnier was because you were in the mission farther i was like oh spoilers and i immediately left you after well, you, see, you didn't say spoilers at first <laughs> yeah because <laughs> so in my head it was yeah i'll join you and then you're leaving the other people you were playing with and they're like wait you're leaving yeah and so I'm you join me five seconds in you die and you go all right i'm leaving <laughs> <laughs> and i go back to them <laughs> what <laughs> I was honestly a little pissed for a yeah. second. I was like, he just joined me and just quit out because he died. No, and then yeah. I realized after the fact that it was, it was because I was actually further along. Yeah, you're further along because I had doubled back down for legendary. Because had I been in that mission and did it there, it would be like, yeah, I'll stay yeah. here. It's my normal progression. But Because I knew you yeah. better than that. I was like, he doesn't just leave after dying. What is going on? Exactly. Oh, it was, <laughs> uh, it was so funny because I was like, I was so confused. Um, and... Man, that was great. And I'm just glad that there is a reason to do the legendary campaign because when you complete all yes. those missions, you get the 1520 armor that you can infuse. So that's and gonna the exotic um uh gosh. 
Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a choice of like something else, and I always forget because everyone picks the exotic armor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's like the fact that you could do that, and that's why I started on legendary mm-hmm. at first because everyone was like, "Just do that," and if you can beat it, you get fifteen twenty armor, which means basically you don't have to grind really slow throughout everything to do that. Yeah. And so I thought that was like, "Oh, this is genius." No, yeah. no, but that's the thing, like unless you are one that you don't care your first run through to be like a challenge yeah i mean go for it i'm, I'm like glad i switched over yeah i switched over finished it was still fairly challenging for normal i was like this is interesting it was, it's like that i'm like end, yeah yeah i was like there's a couple moments here in normal that kind of like put me like out of my comfort zone and that's really cool because destiny hasn't been like this in the campaign front for so darn long and uh but then you have the challenge and the things that were we are recording before reset i can't wait to see what they add because remember like bungie is the expert of adding new stuff every week sometimes so they talked about what they're supposed to add because i'm totally in the dark about that they haven't said anything but it's just expectation because they've been doing that with pretty much a lot every expansion since forsaken it's like this this is not going to stay static for a while especially with seasonal stuff I appreciate that because there's always something going on or it's, hey, this group is doing or uh, this match mode is getting like double XP. And it's like there's always like, oh, yeah, I haven't played that in a little while. And then all of a sudden four hours are gone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think I've really been disappointed in Destiny outside of like when it was a little longer for that last season. And I was Mm -hmm. like, man, I'm getting a little tired. But like you've said, Destiny's okay with like, or Bungie is okay with you taking a break, leaving mm-hmm. and coming back because they know that you'll come back because mm-hmm. they always have really good stuff. To They've gotten better at that. Before there into. used to be FOMO of like, you had to always be logged in. And that extended season was like, yeah, from like late October to November, I didn't touch the game at all until the 30th anniversary pack. And then mm-hmm. the pack was there for it to be there. Um, and it's still there for anyone. And it's still joining. there. Yes. <laughs> so, that reminds me though, um, speaking of FOMO, I would say the only thing they could have improved was not waiting for the final conclusion of the previous season to be the week before. Yeah, yeah I would expansion. agree with that because, especially because they, I think so many people probably missed that and they're like, wait, and it launched busted escape? also. It launched busted that. That's thing. true because it wasn't get letting you actually watch the cutscene if somebody no. skipped it or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Right? They, they tied it that if someone hit skip, it would skip the entire fire teams like looking at the final cutscene. That's unacceptable. It's like, right. They should have done like three weeks at least have the people do yeah because i kind of get the idea of like oh look it's like the final week that's gonna lead into this but yeah there's excitement at that and there's things can go wrong and it was a 50 50. i hope they don't do that again and they do more stuff that can have a, a little at bit least more time, a, a little bit more time because i know some people are like man i'm on vacation that right. sucks. <laughs> if you were gone that one week and you didn't know because i don't think they even talked about it really before they were just like yep it's coming it's coming it's coming yeah. and they're so, like it's today <laughs> so, so the raid launches this friday and um yes if they do what uh they did with forsaken and beyond light after the first team clears that raid more content should pop up like for That's example right. with beyond light that was one of the cooler ones that the whole the deep stone crypt that you go to you spoiler because you never played deep stone crypt hopefully i get you through it it's like that what, what's cool about that raid is that you go to space like from the ground and you go to like a space station nice. and halfway through that raid your whole space station comes crashing down to europa with oh, like shoot. some nuclear bombs that you have to disarm before the thing hits but then the deep zone crypt hits and a lot and a bunch of debris 
you're always seeing it fly down in Europa after the fact. And then that unlocks more quests after. So okay. there's always the possibility that when, uh, because the Forsaken, uh, the last wish raid, when someone, uh, which was Glad, the YouTuber Glad and his and, and his clan, clan redeem after 18 hours straight playing that raid in, in launch day, they beat it. And then the curse of the Dreaming City started there. Kind of like it's like, yeah, you beat the boss, and the the the, the boss's okay. final, uh, final parting gift is cursing the Dreaming City in this three days. Which loop. is actually mentioned in Witch Queen, mm-hmm. um, near the end of it, I think. One of the missions uh, you fight basically what's the boss of right of Last Wish. Obviously, in I remember way. seeing like clean um videos of that raid mm-hmm. and i was like wait i recognize this thing why is that here uh-huh. um and then they actually mentioned in dialogue i was like mm-hmm. oh that's really cool um because one thing i, I want to jump in and i'll let give it back to you is that destiny has like time passing but it's like in week to week strings mm-hmm. but like it feels like time actually passes just with the recently found out bridge in the um whatever it's called the astral alignment yes um, astral alignments uh was being built periodically through each week and it we only found it out like right before the end and then people had to pull screenshots of like in the corner when they realized wait it was over there and it was just like uh-huh. this amount and now by the end it's like all the way built um and all the other stuff in the background they like, literally uh, so started cool. doing this with season 10 season of the worthy that was the season that happened when quarantine started in uh 2020 that whole season was about the almighty ship coming to crash to earth and in the final few weeks if you were if you were at the tower and looked at the sun you started seeing a dot that kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and then a very specific day where you had that kind of like fortnite like live event of seeing the uh, of you being in the instance and seeing that ship kind of crashing that was took like an hour and 30 of just staring at us at the sun and wondering if things had gone bad but they had the idea now of having that kind of live event obviously inspired by fortnite i hate yeah. that game but they inspired some cool stuff so of all things after they have been copying everything else they created something really cool mm-hmm. because when the, when, when those things are executed well it's like it's really cool to think just in a technical level so we'll see after whoever plan does the raid I don't know if I'll be raid ready or if we're even going to have a team not. to be able There's to do that. no way. But um, it's always fun. Like getting to see raid races, always a fun time in Destiny. So I can't wait. It's like that was, that could have been, if that had been the only thing releasing this week, that would have been enough. Because especially as ours, I'm an uber fan of Destiny. You're a recent virgin. So <laughs> a recent Destiny Inexperienced, virgin. Inexperienced, yeah. but... <laughs> Yeah, you're someone that hasn't been in the in and out of that series for the eight years. You dipped in and out, and now you're kind of fully in. It's like, that would have been enough. But of course, then the other biggest anticipated game of the year had to also drop two days later. Yes. Literally getting most anticipated game last year at the Game Awards. And and winning it twice. Yeah. Before we talk about that, Paul, uh, Paul, press X. For some news. All right, this is one of the first times that even though we're still talking about the games we've been playing, this comes hand in hand with the news because it's something we're talking about. Number one, Paul, have we finally gotten a new con- contender for greatest game of all time? It would appear so Things based like on, it. yeah, it would appear so based on the critic community. Elden Ring, the much anticipated game from legendary Dark Souls creator Hidetaka Miyazaki with a collaboration with George R.R. Martin released last Friday to 
high critical acclaim. Currently averaging, averaging a Metacritic score of 97 after 60 reviews on PS5 and a 95 on Series X after 8 reviews and a 95 on PC after 41 reviews recorded. Elden Ring is both the highest rated new game of 2022, surpassing Horizon Forbidden West's Metacritic score just the week before. And the P- yes. And the uh, PS5 edition ties recent games like The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Red Dead Redemption 2, and Grand Theft Auto V for highest rated games from the modern era. Here's an excerpt from, of some reviews. Number one, Elden Ring is, is a fantastic game that can still deliver the unmatched thrill of defeating a tough boss after an hour's long battle. Oh, I feel that. Those who worship at the, chur- uh, at the Church of Souls-like will find a game that's basically everything they ever wanted. This for us from Video Games Chronicle, a 5 out of t- 5. That's basically 10 out of 10. IGN's review says, Elden Ring is a massive iteration on what From Software began with the Soul series, bringing its relentlessly, ch- relentlessly challenging combat to an incredible open world that gives us the freedom to choose our own paths. 10 out of 10. Game Informer says, Elden Ring challenged me, captivated me, and enchanted me, an unyielding deluge of discovery and artistic vision unbound. Elden Ring represents a truly amazing combination of various game elements that all come together to create something fascinating, special, and unforgettable. Elden Ring isn't just the best game this year. It's one of the best games ever made. Also a 10 out of 10. Review in progress by GameSpot. Elden Ring takes the charts of what came before and forges them into something that will go down in history as one of the all-time greats. A triumph in designing creativity and an open-world game that distinguishes itself for what it doesn't do as much as what it does. Even though it's a review in progress, the tentative score is a 10 out of 10 also. And then our favorite, chill up, I mean skill up. Elden Ring is a work of such breathtaking immensity that it dwarfs any other comparable experience. Unfathomably large and fathoms deep, Elden Ring is a double album offering from From Software at the absolute peak of their creative power. Paul, two weeks ago, we were like, well, I think we're going to be fine skipping Elden Ring for now. We're playing Sifu, a very hard game. Horizon is coming. That seems like it's going to be huge. I mean, From Software is good. Their, their games have always been reviewing really well, so... Unless it reviews absurdly high, I don't think we have to jump in. And then the morning on Wednesday, I had to put in the meme of the, that that Tom meme of the distress face of like this Elden Ring reviews. Yep. Ten out of tens almost across, across the, board. the board. That was like this is insane. I had not seen, but here's the thing: I started getting a feel of like what was happening based on some conversations that were happening from the media group that I found from like that Saturday leading into the review embargo, I was like, man, I remember something similar happening with The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild back in 2017. I was like, can it possibly have a repeat where we're going to have another massively almost GOAT status game released literally the same week or a week after another Horizon? And here we are. Here we are. So we were like, we saw that. I was like, Paul. Oh and in gosh. fact, you actually said it's like Mardi Gras. You're in the middle of Mardi Gras crazy. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I think Mardi Gras is going to be my style. Like, I won't be able to play much because of Mardi Gras and all the insanity that's happening here. And then those yep. reviews happen. I was like, now nah, we're buying. <laughs> yep. I, I said, I was like, I'm enjoying Horizon enough. I don't want to get Elden Ring right now. We can wait till April, was what we were saying. And we were going to agree to that. And mm-hmm. then you said, you posted all of those tens you're like we gotta get this yes we gotta uh, see it like we gotta see it like, and um so you know if i'm honest 
at first I didn't feel it and I yeah. know you did yeah I was gonna say like I, you I felt immediately, it even more yeah I immediately um it was the Thursday when the game came out yeah so I had just been playing destiny for a little bit I switched to that I was like okay let's do this and then immediately I was like oh this looks a little old I mean doesn't look bad but after you see Demon Souls remake yeah. and how great that looks like how next gen that thing looks and going to this is like hmm okay and then uh originally i picked the samurai because i had heard stuff was like oh yeah this takes inspiration from all the from software games that uh that have come up and then i remember it's like if i didn't really vibe with Sekiro, but one of the things that i'd really vibe was the combat in a way especially the clean clean that you can do with like the parrying Yep. So I was like, so if this is gonna have like some security, I'm gonna pick a samurai. But no, it's more like Dark Souls. This is Dark Souls yep. Four and everything but name. It is. And uh, going to the world and getting like murdered everywhere and seeing it stuttering, I was like, something's fishy about all this in men's ten out of ten reviews. That I feel gets more like when whenever you have something more praised, yeah. I feel immediately when you're coming in knowing everyone has almost that unanimous claim of best game of all time 10 out of 10 everywhere it can make you the one that hasn't played it and has that kind of hanging over their head you look at everything more with like a clear uh glass yeah and then the mistakes start like piling up i remember it was like yeah i'm not vibing with this and i touched it it was on thursday and i stopped playing i was like yeah going back to destiny and um, you were like, yeah, this feels like Dark Souls. And I think you start playing more about it. Tell me about your initial experience there. So my initial experience, um, I started up, I spent about 30 to 40 minutes on the character creation by itself <laughs> because Dark Souls has always had, or from software games, excuse me, has always had like a very in-depth, but also very easily... Um, or hard to dial in kind of character creator mm -hmm. where you can create monstrosities like that no one has ever seen nor want to see but um it, it was really entertaining because i enjoyed that I, that was completely unrelated to any of this once i finally started the game it was really late and i only got to play it for a little bit and that was only the tutorial tunnel mm -hmm. area and i was you like, can completely this... skip if you don't look to your right and <laughs> i almost did um because in all Dark Souls and everything else, fall damage is a real thing. And you can't go more than about 10 feet without possibly killing yourself uh -huh. by falling. And this is not that. You yeah. can fall like four stories and you will not take damage. You'll just take stamina. Mm -hmm. um, and it's still a little vague on how much damage you can take with that. But that was one thing that threw me off at first. And then everything else was like really cut and dry. This is the most basic part of Dark Souls. Like it's the same tunnel I've gone through or cave that I've gone through a million times. Yeah, before. The impression was like, what is here that hasn't already been done in a Demon Souls game, three Dark Souls right. games, Bloodborne and... Uh, Securance and it, it felt like one of those games, which yeah. were highly regarded. But and the the art was really cool. The voiceover was really cool. So I like kind of had this like, okay, let's see it, let's feel it. I'm seeing these like possible future bosses and stuff. I'm curious. But then like I finally opened the door and I was like, okay, it's cool, it's pretty, but let's see what happens. And I don't think it clicked like with you until after you receive the mount, you meet your maiden, and then like slowly things start unwinding yeah, and they're like I, okay this is how the game is supposed to be yeah, played i actually ditched my samurai and went back to the character creation because i'm gonna yeah. pick a different class because 
I'm not vibing. I, I I think I should be faster as a samurai than the game is letting me. So that, yeah. that so I was like, I'm just gonna pick a warrior like I always do with the Dark Souls games. I keep reading and that's sometimes not the best idea because people like spamming magic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um but what's I, the I, warrior that's the one with the axe. no that's the vagabond that's the very first one that you pick oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. like you you have the huge list yeah you, you you pick what's the name of your class the, the, the dude that looks like a monk uh confessor yeah the confessor that looks like a monk from the catholic like, church yeah he had um healing and like uh an assassin-ish run mm -hmm. which um i loved just the way he looked because from the back the cloak moves in real time and it reminded me of like bloodborne jackets mm -hmm. because just like the clothing on the in that game is fantastic and i felt that with this where it had like a weight to it that i mm -hmm. really liked watching as it ran almost like batman's cape mm -hmm. um and when the, that's done really well that's like one of my favorite things so that's why i picked that yeah i almost picked it but then i re i was like you know what let's make this more fun i'm not gonna pick the exact class paul did i want to see what my experience is like with another class that's yeah. more like that's more in tune with the kind of classes i picked when i tried the other souls games that i never finished but that game really especially when you're in the open world automatically clicks when you reach one of the resting points and you meet that yeah. spirit that gives you your mount yeah. the mount is the game changer when you're moving in that world because like what this reviewer says like i kind of understood where they were coming from saying that this took like the breath of the wild formula and meaningfully evolved it in a more like player agency in a more of a player agency way this game has like no drive absolutely there's like no objective there's no there is no defeat ganon you know how like breath of the wild is like right. has the gives you the player agency to tackle how you want that world but you know at the end of the day your main objective is that castle there really is no main objective here and by doing that it encourages exploration in a way i am not seen in a game like in forever even like as we're praising something like Hor that horizon forbidden west kind of like took some good cues about like the vague exploration that kind of rewards uh curiosity you still yeah. know that in this place there's a question mark you don't know what you're gonna find there but there's a question mark there no question marks here everything right. is just there for you to find obviously there's messages that other people leave you that may or may not give you a tip but but being able to like explore that and just having a massive giant emerge from the ground when you're like walking or going through a lake and seeing a dragon and uh th those are the kind of things like there's they feel magical because like, oh i was not expecting this here and this game is littered with that oh, yeah. um and i went to probably one of my favorite moments and like i knew of it but still walking around a corner and seeing it was a walking mausoleum mm -hmm. and it was literally i was kind of running through an area and there was just this wide expanse and it's it's not active or aggressive at all but it is a building with like rock legs just walking through this mm -hmm. area and there's a bell underneath that dings every once in a while and you can hear it like ringing through the valley as you ride by it and you're just like what the crap like that's that's a skyscraper on legs just chilling and you can kill it right you can you can um you can hit its legs and like crystals and then you can go inside and that's how you actually duplicate the special souls that bosses drop it is in the game it lets you take that soul and double it 
and you're right there just like exemplified what makes this game so special i had not even seen that and you hear so many stories i think you put it in a way it's like hearing the individual players experience of the kind of places they found by just exploring it feels like you're reading the odyssey in a way it's like it's just so strange like seeing you seeing the descriptions happening like i had quite an experience yesterday when i played this uh, so on saturday i picked the game back up and that's when i picked the, the next class and went to the first dungeon where you fight the cat statue with like the, yeah, with the weird like was if they were like it, it moves like it's glitched yes but and it's not it was so unsettling the way yes. it moves but it's but, so effective. Yes. And then when you kill it, it's like there's something about Souls games that as soon as you kill your first boss, you're feeling, oh, okay, I'm vibing with this. Like, so after I killed that on Sunday, I immediately started. There's a gold knight at the very beginning when you go into the open world. If you just go with him, like in, in your initial, if, like not, not upgraded, you you're gonna get destroyed. But I had already leveled up a little bit and I was vibing more by having the mount. I went to fight that gold knight and beat it once in like my first try. Nice. Just by patiently like hitting him with the strong with a strong attack, circling back, waiting for him to do it and doing it, just play that game of cat and mouse and killing it. Then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go explore. Found the dragon and beat the dragon also in one try. And then at the point I had like 7,000 echoes, I'm like, man, that's this is like, this is much easier than other Souls games. I kind of really vibing. Is it the X? Is this easier because of how wide open it is now compared to other Souls games that are more like narrowed focused? Yeah, and has like a specific point. I then think I was it's like, one of those things that's like because you have so many options, it doesn't feel frustrating because you're throwing yourself at one problem. Mm -hmm. Like Gas Coin from yeah. Bloodborne is like that is your only option. Exactly. If you don't if it. you don't beat him, you're like there's there's no way you can like keep going. And exactly. this this game does have it does have its own father Gascoin. We're gonna talk a lot yeah. about it in a little bit. But yeah, after I kill the dragon, there's like a little area that's a, has some enemies bundled up and a little dungeon there. So I kept exploring, and then uh, I opened the chest. This chest had a mist. Then that, that mist captured me and sent me into this horrifying crystal-like um, tunnel all the way to the other edge of the map. Yeah. Where I, I, I was making little dents into enemies. And I, being the stubborn idiot, despite having 7,000 echoes, I didn't immediately go to upgrade myself. So I got killed twice there and losing those 7,000 echoes. And I immediately... I was texting Paul in our group chat that we have an escape <laughs> and I had never been more angry at a you video game done. years. I was like, I was this close on shutting it down. And because immediately when I got killed like twice, I quit it out of the game. I was like, no, 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 I'm going to quit out. But this game like saves every single thing. So there's no, yep. there's no way to undo your mistake. You're not going to get away. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like so darn angry. I was like, my God, I was like that all that high of having beaten the knight and the dragon back to back once. Gone. And then getting screwed by me being a curious monkey going yep. there and opening chests because this game is obviously like encouraging exploration and sending yep. you into a place where you're barely doing dancing these enemies that are like weird larvas with like sticks and this like grandpas that that they're like full of crystal stuff that look like white walkers in a way that is you just start hitting them and then they parry you they grab the sticks smash and then do like an area of effect thing that one hit kills you oh my you. god like, that was happening there and and then immediately i was like i'm not gonna engage with any of these i'm escaping here 
I'm gonna my, find my way through the tunnels until I finally found the resting space. It's like, man, this is frustrating. And then I walked out, yeah. and I'm in this area, this like weird lake with red sky. So I was like, wow, this is stunning. <laughs> and in that area, there's yeah. this like tumor slash testicle giant things that are kind of standing and wobbling. That when you kill them, gives you like 500 plus echoes by killing them. So I spend the next 30 minutes looping between those four killing them and resetting killing them because i had the uh, resting point there and yeah. quickly recovered my seven thousand echoes immediately immediately upgraded myself and then did it again another seven thousand to kind of farm and it allowed me to like take the crestfallen nature of my mistake for not having for not uh upgrading myself and found a new uh, cool farming spot if i want to spend some time just to keep leveling up because sometimes leveling up it makes the difference in the Souls games. And nice. then from that moment, I then took the mainline path into this game's Father Gascon, which is what was called Margaret or Matt? Ma Margit? Margit, yes. M-A-R-J-I-T, I think. Three hours, Paul, it took me to beat this bastard. How long did it take you? <laughs> uh, two attempts after I came back to him because mm -hmm. I my process for that was um once i finally realized that you're not supposed to go straight to him even mm -hmm. though the first npc you see says go there mm -hmm. um that is more of a suggestion because at first i threw myself at him like over and over again and i was like why is he also, so hard this not, not, not just the npc tells you it's like if you're in the resting points you're gonna see like some light that's kind of like right. pointing somewhere Which so the light is that you know, way. It leads you that way um but I realized after the fact, that, and so did everyone else, is that they want to throw you against that wall so you see what you're expecting. Because I didn't realize that there was so much behind me. Mm -hmm. And once I did, I went, oh, so I'm just going to explore all this. So I like found out where- Which is what I did. That's where I, the, that's where I found the dragon. Exactly. Um, the dungeon, that lake that you found the dragon at, the bridge across to the Weeping Continent, and then you just find all this other stuff. And even now, I'm like still not quite done with that. I was just, I reached a point where I was like, I feel, <laughs> excuse me, I feel like I've reached a point where I think I can handle this guy. And so I go in, I summon the the sorcerer dude mm -hmm. that usually just takes all the hits, that poor guy. Um, By the way, I learned then, that um, you're penalized with your damage if you summon someone. I didn't know that yesterday. I wish I knew. I didn't know that, but usually I always considered it worth it because just the fact that it's bouncing between you and somebody else makes it so much easier because at least one of you is getting free hits. Yeah. However, so it goes faster. These beast summons that you can do, they don't penalize you. So like the, I have the wolves. I had like so the, the mini zombies that you can pop them. I found a rat yeah. summon also in the- Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, I found a rat so summon. I found the the regular nobles, I think they call them. Mm -hmm. I found a noble sorcerer. I haven't summoned that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I did that one with the dragons. And then the jellyfish. The wolves, I don't even have enough of the points to actually mm -hmm. summon them. So I, I can't actually use that until I upgrade my, I think, intelligence or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but it was crazy. Uh, so I like summoned the jellyfish immediately and it's like just this giant thing that starts firing like poison uh -huh. um the sorcerer is going in at it and i was so worried that it would like get hit twice and be gone but it mm -hmm. was like it had some health to it 
Um, so just the fact that it was there, the sorcerer guy and me, and I just wiped the floor with him. Yes, and, and then so good. and then if if you if you're lucky with the jellyfish, because I learned about the jellyfish by you, which by the way yeah. is like this is like a tangent. Don't feel bad about asking for help with souls yeah. games. Oh, dude, people that, have so many different experiences. Experience this is that. the this is the playground nes era of video games of like people have their different experiences that you're gonna find things that you don't know mm. don't feel bad about feeling like you have to find everything on your own playthrough on your own this game is all about that communal experience without paul telling me oh yeah that npc that i actually knew where it was if you mm -hmm. keep talking to her until you run out of audio she's going to give you the jellyfish and that jellyfish is like literally life and death for this magret boss because if your jellyfish hits in, hit uh, hits that magret enough it will poison him for, yep. in perpetuity. Yep. So and it, he just keeps losing health as you fight, and even after, if the jellyfish dies, if the mm -hmm. sorcerer dies, as long as he's like kind of distracted, and like he gets stunned pretty often as well. So if you can use that to your advantage as well, it's like um, I use the the two hander weapon that you find randomly mm -hmm. in that one camp. So it's like stunning him. So I'm like trying to stun lock him while the jellyfish hits him and the sorcerers. I don't have a weapon. Him, I and think. he's like um, in the camp with all of the regular soldiers. In, in front of, in, yeah, in front of the in front of the resting spot where you meet the ghost. Yes, mm -hmm. there are two carriages. One of them has oh. something in it. There's another. And okay, that has I have the two I have the other one that I can't use because of my attributes. Maybe it's okay. that. Yeah, it's just you have to boost your strength like a little bit more, and then you can use it. How much longer? I'm strength twenty four. That's what I've been boosting. No, you should definitely have it by then. Maybe it's dexterity then. Yeah, usually you have to have dexterity and a little bit of st uh, strength as well. So. Before I kill Margaret, like yep. in the moment where it happened, I had run out of flasks. I had this of health. Really? And he did the stupid jump thing. Yeah. And it was almost health. And somehow I had enough in my green, despite it not being full, that then when I covered myself, it yeah. still had enough green where I could put the R2 and do like yeah. the, and that's how I kill him. Like at that nice. moment, it was like, this is going to be a one hit kill. I'm going to freaking hate yeah. this game when it happened like, i don't have to do this again and then that happened I was like it happened yeah. and then the trophy popped it's like oh that's yeah. like that's how you feel with this game yeah. with these games yeah. with uh, like, against insurmountable oh, odds but that's how you feel with all the souls games that's not exclusive mm -hmm. to this one right and it's it's all the ups and downs it's the you get destroyed or you get greedy about something and you go all the way back to it but it's like you're learning from all that stuff i mean i know we keep saying that whole process every once in a while where it's like when you play dark souls it's not just your character getting better but it's you getting better mm -hmm. and to the point where you can go back at the end of the game and if you played that first boss again, you would destroy it just based on your own built-up skills by itself. Exactly. And like that's something that few games have really captured, I would say. And because you're I always held back by limitations. Yeah, and I think it's that the whole thing about it being the open world, having so much that you can explore, mm. is probably the game changer here. That before the in, in previous Souls games, because of its one, sometimes linear structure, despite Dark Souls being like very interconnected and all that, there's always that, you know, there you're at that one point where you have to go through one specific area and it can be hard and that it can be discouraging because you can't do anything else but going through that. That's happened to me with Dark Souls 3 after fighting those 
these two dudes that then like has that weird cutscene where there's like blood popping before you go into a catacombs. That's where that's where I stopped with Dark Souls three, and haven't oh, been able to yeah, go yeah, back. Yeah, it's yeah. still early okay. on. Like, if this game had been traditional, you would have only had to do Magret or like the Father Gaspin yep. we were talking about you Bloodborne. You have to keep going until you won, but now it's like you have this you entire have... world. You have a game's worth of world in the south. Yep to go explore and get better maybe find something cooler and i think that's probably like for people that are scared to try a souls game because they hear about how difficult they are and all that this has made them a tiny bit more accessible in a way that i feel yeah. more people will be more willing to kind of like give in into this game's eccentricities than previous souls games i think this that's where elden ring kind of is a step above from what what's what's from software has done before without sacrificing itself as a from software game that they don't give an f about you crack being beaten in a corner abused by your bosses and being like oh the game is easy mode no me Hitaka Miyazaki said no get good mother efforts yep. that's what they he, like do. he's like however doing they they are clever about helping audiences because like i mentioned to you if you were still having trouble with our good friend margit um to anybody listening the devs actually created a an item specifically to help you in that fight because they knew that people were going to have trouble with it but if you stayed with it long enough that you would find out about where this was you can go get it and then you use it it's like a spell and it locks him to the floor for several seconds and you can use it multiple times until it runs out <clears throat> and it just it holds him there and you could just keep wailing on him until eventually he dies so it doesn't like break the game or the fight but it makes it significantly easier if you do this so it's like, like there's always something i finally learned it's like like some bosses are really cheap don't feel bad about being cheap about them oh yeah there's no right way to this is the any of these. school yeah. <laughs> where you use every dirty trick in the book to get it. Like I have fought so many enemies that I've only beat because they've accidentally killed each other. Mm -hmm. And like I did, um, I'm fighting these birds with swords for feet. Mm -hmm. And oh, um, yes, in the castle, mm -hmm. there is an area where they actually start off with an explosive barrel at their feet where they start the fight by throwing it at you. I aggroed two of them at once and one of them threw it into the second one trying to hit me and it killed the other one. And there was like this crazy boil filled dude like the boss in Sekiro, like the alcoholic samurai guy. And he was he looked like that and he had this huge dog with him and both are really painful. But the dude swings his giant sword. He just killed the dog one time. And that was the only reason I survived. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> you, you use every trick you can use the environment watch that one episode of the last airbender where Sokka becomes a sword master <laughs> where he uses his environment against his enemies because i did that against one of those spear and shield dudes i got on some rocks and i kept hopping around to like use that to my advantage and avoid shots i felt like i was in a samurai movie it was amazing um but like just to kind of wrap up my thoughts on it it's the game where you have the endless potential and it actually is the case. There's no like set up that like there's no lore that's proceeding from that. Like it's all new. It's easily approachable to anybody who's never mm -hmm. touched the series. And every time that you do something and then you hear about your friend who also had a completely different experience, some random story that sounds like Greek mythology, and you're just like, gosh, that sounds cool. And it keeps 
expanding and expanding and your options for fighting are growing more weaponry more spells more summons and it's like you just have all this stuff you can do and it's like the world is your oyster and we're finally getting to that point where mm -hmm. we can have those kind of games where it doesn't feel like too much but it's like this whole world was made for me to have fun and i can spend as much time as i want exactly finding it throughout years. i also i also mentioned this like it almost feels like a game designed to give you as much entertainment as you're willing to extract from it because of its yes. lack of any true narrative drive like i put eight hours into it i think you put 10. i think i saw your uh yeah. the clock that you met that, that you showed right with, at the end of the night <laughs> at the end of the night so you I'm surprised you only played two more hours than me. It's I'm kind of surprised too. I thought yeah. I had. I put a lot of time. In. I put a lot of time on Sunday after playing a lot of uh, Destiny. It's a game like every other Souls game. Initially, it will be obtuse, especially if you have never touched one of these. Like, you're eventually going to be like, "This doesn't make sense. This sucks. Why do people really yeah. like this?" Souls games have, oh yeah. Souls games have this thing where if you're really willing to accept this game on its turns, what it's trying to teach you without not ha holding your hand and ha having that eureka moment. Mm -hmm. Once those whole games clicks, it will dominate your mind. You yep. will not stop thinking about it. You, you will, will daydream you will daydream and dream about it. Yep. And even when you're playing other games, you're going to be like, I kind of want to keep playing Elden Ring. I said yesterday after I went to mm -hmm. the castle and entered a, a place where there entered a wine cellar from the side and then opened the door and there's this knight there that wanted to kill me. It's like, oh yeah. I, I, I literally said this. I think I've had my fill for today. I'm going to yeah. try something else before good. I go to listen to that. Anybody listening, listen to that urge when you're like, I think I'm done for today. Don't keep playing. Yes. It's only going to be worse. Like, and don't have pride. Look up tips and tricks videos. Look up examples of like how a mechanic works if it doesn't make sense to you, because that's not on you. Or if you they forgot about something, especially if you forgot about something, there's so many systems here that you're, yeah. you're bound to forget that there's something that could have been a game changer. But yeah, I, I got killed by that night and I already was, I already was like, yeah, I'm close to a checkpoint here. It's like, I can come back later. I wasn't feeling sleep. I went back to Horizon because I had not touched it for the whole week. Obviously, I had that big, I mentioned earlier, it's like, man, this game's pretty. It's like, this yep. game does look like it belongs on the PS5 generation compared to Elden Ring. After 30 minutes, I was like, I kind of want to go back to Elden Ring. I was like, it's like, it's... Um, it's We've done it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like it, it happened. It The Bloodborne yep. thing that happened to me in March 2015, it finally happened. It's like, this game is, I kind of want to keep going for it going at it want to keep pushing to see before i hit another wall yep. it is that kind of game and do i agree with 10 out of 10 scores across the board i feel this game has enough of a problems with its technical performance in a way there's like stuttering now there's like yeah there's a there there are reports that the pc versions want uh, they want patch forked the game where it's like now like running really inconsistently like worse than it was in the in in, in the review environment that it's kind of crazy i feel like at least in the uh, kind of like i mentioned at least the pc side of things if you see it's now 95 and the uh and and the audience score is like in the 50s because yeah the poor quality isn't all that so and i will say like i agree it's not smooth at all sometimes mm -hmm. like your character 
will look fine, but the environment will start to like stutter as you turn mm -hmm. and move. There's and, pop like, in. Yeah, there's... I've had moments like I can't play it on my big TV actually because it's like it starts kind of freaking my eyes out unless mm -hmm. I s sit really far back, and um, that's not a problem. Are you playing in? Like... Are you are you prioritizing performance or quality? Yes. Okay. For yeah. Performance. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they would if they could patch that to make it infinitely smooth like Demon Souls is. Mm -hmm. um, oh man, I'll be yeah because 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 uh, Demon Souls is like upscale 1440p, but it looks so beautiful that you don't mind it's that it's so not the actual smooth. four, an actual full blown 4K, and it's like runs at perfect 60, which in enclosed spaces Elden Ring does, but when you're out in the world, like the frame rate's all wobbly. That is like it's not smooth at all. Yeah. Which is funny because Digital Foundry mentioned that the only place where you can actually get a smooth 60 is installing the PS4 version uh, via backwards compatibility on PS5. So you're sacrificing the full 4K resolution or somewhere up there for like 1800p, yeah. but it has like the full 60. If you're someone that cares, ab uh, cares about frame rate so much that you need it to be rock solid, the PS4 version on a PS5 is the way to go. Or if you have an Xbox Series X and you have a TV or monitor that does variable refresh rates, that despite the, the game's frame rate kind of like fluctuating, yeah. the display will kind of like force like a smooth resolution that helps hide the judder. But yeah. those are expensive TVs, so buyer beware there. So it has this kind of imperfections. It's like when you hear 10 out of 10, obviously many people say just because we give a game a 10 doesn't mean this is perfect or flawless. Yeah, I do but, think it gives across the wrong connotation, though, because if they have something that's big enough of a problem, I think it should go down to a nine for the tech mm -hmm. because people are going to see the number, not the reason. Yeah. Um, and what I think needs to happen is the number needs to reflect the problem that needs mm -hmm. to be dealt with so that more people understand what needs to be fixed. And there's also something to be said that from a bunch of these reviews, not everyone finished the game. And no, they slapped the review. Really did. Some of the the IGN review put eighty seven hours and finished Gosh. it. Yeah, uh, the uh, the uh, EC Allies guys. I didn't put the review here. They gave it a nine point five. Uh, the dude yeah. there, Brad, he finished it. Game Informer one finished it also. Um, Gamespot has review in progress. He played he played like sixty hours. So he's like, yeah, I only played sixty hours. This is oh, I feel this is a ten, but when I'm putting review in progress, it's kind of like is a it caveat. really going to be the end of spring before I finish this game? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so there's something to be said. It's like, yeah, this that's what they experienced. Obviously, for them, the experience was good, like so good that they were willing to slap a 10 without even finishing it. At the same time, you also have to keep in mind that Souls games are such that obviously a fan of these games are going to play it. So this is a 10 out of 10 to Souls fans. So if you're not a Souls fan, maybe don't don't be surprised if you see holy crap a 97 metacritic now 95 in the other systems and it's like 10 out of 10s everywhere i'm gonna buy this everyone's like so up in this game's butt like praising it and then you don't feel the same so yeah. that's always the danger of just following score reviews obviously it's when you hear something praises it makes it worth like okay this might be worth looking at but don't look at these reviews as like this is gospel this is what it is this is the objective truth. There's no never objective truth, especially when it comes to Souls games. It's like there's a reason, despite them growing in popularity, it's like the Souls here, like now Souls, I never expected what it used to be niche back in Dark Souls. It's like just a few like, but they're very passionate had to have grown like this. But um, obviously there's some hype behind this. So 
just keep that in mind. It's like this this game is not flawless. This just because it has 10 out of 10, but it does things better than I've seen most games do. I will say that. It's like when I mentioned it's like that that freedom and that uh that moment it clicks. Rarely any game has that click in that then you just want to leave thread. So I'm gonna keep playing it more. I never expected to say that because I was all up horizon, all over horizon, and um, but I will say is like depending on how soon things go in March, I'm down to play this in Horizon for March. But we'll see with everything else. Uh, yeah. Any final thoughts on Elden Ring, Paul? I think I've got everything that's gonna be happening. I'm sure I'll have a few more thoughts by next week, uh, along with all of these games because I don't know if I'm gonna be able to play anything else. Yes, and. Um, uh, I will I say just, it's much uh, easier. It's much easier to jump between Destiny and and um, and Elden Ring than it is jumping from Elden Ring to Horizon. I was like, I thought it was gonna happen, yeah. but Elden Ring is just so, for all its imperfections and the highs and lows, it's a game that just has stayed with me, and I'm gonna keep going because I do definitely want to see how far I can push it before I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> so, number two, Paul, <laughs> in yep. the news, yeah. So, the fall season for the year 2023 just got mighty interesting. According to Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, the Call of Duty game scheduled for 2023 developed mainly by Treyarch is reportedly being delayed out of 2023 into 2024, with sources saying it's more a response to the tepid response to Call of Duty Vanguard and mainline releases starting to cannibalize each other and has nothing to do with the Activision Microsoft deal, which is still going under scrutiny by the FTC and all the under antitrust people. While Activision hasn't outright confirmed uh, this delay, we know Schreier is pretty reliable, and this would mark a seismic shift in the gaming industry when the franchise almost always responsible to sell the most in any given year, despite good or bad entries, is going to skip a fall season for the first time since 2005's Call of Duty 2. As for the Microsoft Activision deal, a recent development arose where one of the shareholders is suing both companies in an effort to hold the deal from going through. This broke literally when we finished recording last week yeah. and it was already in the can. I had already rendered it. And then I'll go to Twitter. It's like, what? Call of Duty is yep. actually skipping a year for the first time. And what a way seven, to find that out. Yes. In 17, almost 18 years. Can you believe that fall that every freaking year since 2005 has had a Call yep. of Duty? Obviously Call of Duty came out in 2003, 2004 didn't have a Call of Duty, but it had an expansion for the right. PC game. Since 2003, Call of Duty has been a thing. And then it became an annualized thing that Activision somehow didn't manage to run into the ground. Like they did Guitar Hero, like they did Tony Hawk, like other series they had that they kept pumping games all the time until people were sick of them. But Pour one out for those that we lost along the way. Absolutely. I'm still miss like Guitar Hero and Rock Band phases. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yes. But anyway, for this, it's honestly i'm so excited about this mm -hmm. um i'm so happy i think that like i didn't get into call of duty really because mm -hmm. i was a medal of honor kid mm -hmm. um i grew up with that mainly and that was still like the old style of first person shooters that was more that golden eye style mm -hmm. and um once i played i think the shoot i think i played call of duty either two or three mm -hmm. um and i was like okay that's cool all right whatever and then you didn't i didn't like, find it bad you didn't find it better than Metal Hunter because that was I me. didn't care a lot about first person shooters back in the day. It was all about like the third person, either mm -hmm. platformers, action games, or licensed characters that I recognized. Mm -hmm. Um, I had not great taste, and it wasn't until like that 
2006 or seven or eight, I think that I started realizing what I liked and what was good. Yeah. But um, at least for this, um, Modern Warfare 2, mm-hmm. I got it for Christmas and I didn't open it. And I kept playing everything else that I got instead. And huh. it wasn't until all my friends were playing Modern Warfare 2 that I ripped this plastic off, put it in and found out what I was missing. Yeah. And that crap blew my mind because i played the campaign first mm-hmm. like and i was kind of on the little chat where they ha- they give you that one little earpiece so you could mm-hmm. talk to your buddies but you still had to listen to the game and um like even though i didn't have any context for what was going on because i never played modern warfare one i was like this is freaking nuts i need to go find out what happened before this immediately and then i played like hours and hours with all my friends but I then I went back later on to play stuff like World at War and the original Call of Duties. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I get how like they got to this point. But um so like Call of Duty has a special place in my heart, especially when November rolls around. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I always loved watching my roommate play it right mm-hmm. when it came out and like seeing all the stuff. I didn't even really want to play it as much as I wanted to watch somebody yeah. play it. It's like, it was it- terrible. It was like it like almost clockwork. You knew that when November came around, you knew there was a Call of Duty there. And Call yeah. of Duty, it's always that kind of like reliable comfort food of giving you it a did. brief campaign. It's multiplayer that can be addicting until it isn't and whatever co-op yeah. flavor it is. Call of Duty to me was like what I jumped into when Medal of Honor started slipping for me. By the time European yeah. Assault came out in like 2004, 2005, the quality of those games were like getting worse and worse. It's like, yeah. man, I'm not vibing with this. And then... Uh, I remember my dad bought Call of Duty 2 Big Red 1 on the original Xbox. That's when we first trying it. I was like, huh, this Call of Duty thing, not too bad. And then my dad, um, while visiting the States, he had, he, during, in one of the game stops, had the, you remember what, I think they still have them that you can go play some games because they have the console and play them. It depends on uh, where you go, but some of them still have it. Yes. So back then, that was more common. Call of Duty oh, 2 yeah. was running and he tried nice. it. And that's literally what convinced him. We're getting that 360. Obviously, I, I talked to you about that, how important Call of Duty 4 was for me and getting it in the wrong system kind of put me in, an, yep. in that weird allegiance. I, but yeah, it, Call of Duty has existed in my life since 2005. And even as I kind of tapered off from the series or it being like something that I truly was, I evangelized Call of Duty. To me, like my fandom reached its peak with Modern Warfare 2. After that, my brother was the one that was a bigger fan than I am. But I still kept... Yeah playing them because i was like i'm used to it this is like the comfort i know what i'm getting into every year mm-hmm. it's now really i never thought i was gonna get to this place because obviously assassin's creed was also annualized at a certain point until yep. it wasn't and that was very interesting going into the post like wow it's weird there's no assassin's creed this year after yep. getting eight years of this and now this is almost 18 years because i didn't put it here it's like the modern the, the, the call of duty has come out this year which is modern warfare 2 ironically Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be now the one that's gonna be supported for two years, and obviously, which good, yeah, like, because oh, that's man. still I prefer Modern Warfare package better yeah. than uh Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War or Vanguard, even though I think the Cold War campaign is slightly more fun than uh than Modern yeah. Warfare. But, in, in hindsight, the mm-hmm. Cold War had a lot more twists and turns that had me like, oh shoot. And because the game is more pulpy, it could be because yeah. obviously, like I mentioned, it's like I feel like Modern Warfare's 2019 campaign strides for that. We're ripping out from the headlines. We're super serious and all yeah, that. And, and we that. had that whole conversation. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's like 
It's the yeah. one, it was the one thing holding back that campaign, despite the technology of that campaign being so sound, his mechanics being so cool, like mm. being so solid. So it's going to be a sequel to that. So good. I feel a lot of the, the people are still so up Call of Duty's butt are going to be happy that if one entry that for the paid entry is going to be the one that's going to be supported for longer, it's going to be that one. And yeah. I wonder now, especially with the Activision uh, Microsoft deal, if it goes through, I can see it, like Microsoft is not the one that likes annualizing stuff. They like maybe biannual in a way. Yeah. They used to be annual with like switching Forza Motorsport and Forza Horizon. And then even they dropped off that and just uh, stuck with that because the reality is that development is more expensive. Developer development is harder now with the new machines. Mm-hmm. It was probably almost impossible to keep um, a yearly thing at the quality they like keeping it. Oh, yeah. They were even mentioned. It's like there's reports called the Black Ops Cold War and Vanguard were like on fire in their development. They had to like put every freaking development studio they possibly could to get those games out. So it was just not going to be sustainable. So I'm really into it's like it tells you how badly, quote unquote, despite still being yeah. the best selling game of 2021, how badly Vanguard undershot what Activision was wanted that they were the ones who were like, you know what? Let's delay. The Treyarch one have a little bit more extra year. That's very cathartic because Black Ops 4 had to have this development time cut off because they needed to get it out before Red Dead. Yep. And they suffered for that. And that they game did. suffered for that. So just having like tutorial cinematics instead of an actual cutscene. I mean uh, uh, campaign. Cin- uh campaign. There we go. They had to cut out. Ugh. That was in it basically, I mean, at least to me, it honestly looked identical to three. So mm-hmm. um, it's that was not a great time for Call of Duty at all. But ever since then, I think they've kind of hit a better stride. Uh, even After though, that was Modern Warfare. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Modern Warfare, Cold War, and even like, I mean, I don't hear or see anything from Vanguard at all. But it, it's Vanguard was a fart in the wind in every way, shape, or form. Yeah. And I think it just, and I'm shocked that they didn't hit this point sooner. The existence of Warzone should have allowed them to like delay their premium product like before, like beforehand, because if things were this on fire for two years in a row, the just existence of Warzone itself, if they needed a Call of Duty something in a year, that's there. And that's still yeah. a moneymaker. That's what my brother plays. They're doing a Warzone too, because now the app that has housing all the last four Call of Duties together is like so packed that you're like, no, this is not sustainable. We need to like clean, clean technology break. Like- 300 by now yeah for gigabytes insane (laughs) just insanity so like i remember trying to download all of it and it was like 260 gigs or something around that point and that was like a year ago now the one that suffered the most about this was actually modern warfare because modern warfare is the one most tied to warzone like Mm -hmm. the the modern warfare client is like it's at its base it's a warzone client and then having to add download everything on top of that and it's too much. the main game worse yeah perform worse the campaign um, is unplayable now i've heard reports that it's it's the cinematics itself. Yeah, will it's like, like <laughs> stutter and jump and it's uh i thought that was just because i was playing it on ps5 but i guess that's also a problem yeah just... that's also a problem but then it started getting worse like it the, for a system that loads everything so quick like the ps5 yeah. oh the, the cutscenes were not even loading at a certain point uh, yeah, it's like this is it's interesting time for Call of Duty. Obviously, just the Activision deal itself 
was gonna bring in some changes and into the good side and behind the scenes where all the shitty people being put out but also what was gonna happen to the games it's interesting now we're going to see that before even this deal comes through but i'm glad that vanguard hit them where they needed to hit them i agree final story paul this dropped last yeah, last night from when, when we're recording i know right uh, if you thought you had your pokemon fill for the year after the release of pokemon legends arceus during Pokemon Day, the Pokemon company finally revealed Generation 9 of Pokemon with Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. That's a lot of Pokemon in one sentence. This will, yeah, this will be the first mainline Pokemon entry since Sword and Shield in the fall of 2019, and it's set to mix the traditional Pokemon tried and true tropes with the open world mechanics introduced in Legends Arceus. The games are scheduled to release late in 2022, which means they're aiming for a late November release that has always served the mainline entry as well. Editor's note with Xenoblade Chronicles 3 scheduled for September, and now this game's likely aiming for a traditional release slot, this either means the sequel to Breath of the Wild is the big October game, or it punts to 2023. The, so, we had a Gosh. debate. We had a debate in our chat we where did. I said, um, I have not made a, a secret that I thought Arceus looked like butt. I believed that, and I still stood by it. When I saw this trailer, I was like, this game still not doesn't look pretty. It still has that switch low res that it's like it need, they need better hardware now. Yeah. But it looked more colorful. It looked a little bit more lush. It didn't look that ugly to me. I feel it felt like an improvement, despite our good friend Zach saying it looked the same. And our friend PJ actually pointed out what was what made it look better, which was texturing and lighting. Yeah. And I can see that like everything being the same, and those tiny things being the thing that makes it better. I haven't played a mainline Pokemon game since Sapphire on GBA. I mentioned it today. We had a long Pokemon conversation today about me yeah. figuring out how many. I was jumping games. in and out, but you and Zach were yeah. like really going into the encyclopedia levels of inter uh, internet knowledge about like the movies and the show and all and that stuff. And kind of seeing when I stopped as a Pokemon fan, kind of like where, where I kind of let go. It was after the third movie in like 2001. And then uh, never seeing the anime, wow. the anime never continued here, at least in a way that made sense. I was always watching reruns of the Indigo League and all that. So that's why in my mind, it's like, oh, yeah, the anime was just from that. Now learning, it has 18 seasons. Yep. It's been going and for 18 years. It just keeps going. And yes. honestly, each one feels like it's almost completely un touched by the others because it's always he leaves everything behind and then he takes pikachu and he goes to the new place and then it's like a whole new storyline mm -hmm. but it's still ash ash is always it's still ash, ash. Yeah. yeah it's it's your boy <laughs> yeah so that's what i all found interesting that, yeah so i get because i was trying to debate myself I was like why is gen one so dominant and to me it was always up because of the anime but then that's when sack was like no the anime's always kept going then I was yeah. like, this is Star Wars all over again. Like the first fans were always going to have a very it vocal is. voice. I, I do think like y'all hit the nail on the head because you were saying how it was really the nostalgia of the cards, the show, and the first games all hitting at the same time have kept the star power since then just all the way through. Because like, I mean, they still, they branched out in certain ways, even in... Um, shaking things up for the indigo league at certain point there there was a point where they just didn't have ash in it and it was mm -hmm. like some other dude uh as the main character for like the gold and silver gold, gold yeah. and silver had a different um, one and then they immediately went back on that but like 
imagine a different world where if they had continued that storyline where it just followed the main characters of each game mm-hmm. would have been a very different kind of uh storyline and i mean even now creating what was it the pokemon origins like limited mm-hmm. show which was like actually the character red instead of ash and gary uh but he was called blue yeah and it I was like s- crazy stuff. i will say one of my favorite memories of pokemon games for me was gold and silver when you eventually go back to indigo and you can fight all the you basically the entire red and blue yellow game is are there yeah if you find a way and then the uh, very end of that of following the thread is you fighting Pokemon trainer from yellow, blue, and gold with the fully evolved Pokemon that you can have, like the Charizards, the Blastoise, the uh, yeah, Ivysaur, I, Ivysaurs. I remember Pikachu, hearing about yeah. it. And I wish I had been able to experience that because not only getting to go back to the entire first game like that, but mm-hmm. fighting the, your main character from the first game, who is now the Pokemon master, is uh-huh. like that's so cool <laughs> exactly yeah that, that was so cool that, that that was an era for me and then i just dropped literally after sapphire i didn't keep up yeah it was so because i had because then when when the series became a ds and 3ds that's when i didn't play gba yeah. was the last thing I, I touched there and uh which oddly I, enough where you stopped was where i actually started <laughs> diamond was my first pokemon game that oh, i man. actually picked up and played and i like at first, I didn't want to take it seriously. It was the the Bloodborne and mm-hmm. Elden Ring process of, I don't get it. This is this is weird. And then by the end of like a five hour trip, I was hooked, and I had to play it. Do you ever live through the radical church era where Pokemon was satanic? And I was like, Yeah, this, I remember um, though really well during the times where I was at most of my fandom. And it's so funny yeah. that just like Harry Potter and my mom initially being part of that camp, and now she watches all the Harry Potter movies back to back. Same. Oh, uh, that's with like... my parents as well. <laughs> I I had some Pokemon cards that a friend gave me that he didn't want anymore, and I held them like secretly in my bookshelf. And my mom found them one day and threw them all away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like so sad about it but it was like they weren't even good i just wanted them because they were pokemon cards mm-hmm. and the same thing with like Yu-Gi-Oh and everything else after yeah. a while it was all that kind of Yu-Gi-Oh, thing i get Yu-Gi-Oh has yeah. more occult stuff that i understand it being yeah more they were the like this is literally the embodiment of the egyptian gods and demons and i was like oh this is a little intense <laughs> Mm-hmm. but it was like the next step up for those kids that grew up with pokemon but anyway exactly, yeah um so with with pokemon itself it was like that was all banned but you still found a way around it yes so i didn't touch sword and shield which were basically gen 8 if i'm not mistaken yes and um i heard mixed things obviously it was reviewing well but then i was mentioning how like a, a bunch of the fan base with the pokedex and the uh, something some t-posting animation in the world of how you found the pokemon yeah. was uh was it there were there was so much negative discourse around that that i was like i don't care about this obviously then arceus visually i just got too hung up with it visually i was like yeah. not feeling this but looking at this been really thinking about it I was like will i ever try to give one of these pokemon games a chance again maybe I mean, it's been what? Sapphire was in 2003. It's been 18, 19 years since I really dove into one of these. Yeah, as well I, I mean, I would say now is the time well, when they start to like change things up. I'd say like see if as they give more information for this one coming out this year, if it's like kind of 
what mm-hmm. you're going to be vibing with because I think they improved on all it just like we called it is if Arceus does well enough critically with their new open world they're going to make the whole new game into it but I think they were already planning on that before then they just wanted to see how people responded yeah. so maybe they were doing the and that's what like makes that. and that's what makes me interested for this one because I do agree that an open world game like what Arceus does it's actually really interesting it just didn't look appealing to me this right. one is going to mix that and the traditional pokemon things that i remember i want to see how that congrues yeah. with both so Which i agree because um parts of the rcs game i still don't really like as much like the feudal japan style is cool but for me it started to wear on me because i was like there wasn't really anything out in the world mm-hmm. it was very like bare very wild and like i understand that's kind of the point but also Mm -hmm. there was like not a whole lot of variation to see Mm -hmm. um but then it's also a kid's game so i was like i'm not gonna judge it very harshly and i felt like the style what they were trying to go for was ex was respectable even Mm -hmm. if it wasn't like my thing but like i can see it firsthand Mm -hmm. my wife is eating this game up and she adores every aspect of it and she's like man i hope i get used to this this camera soon because it's giving me motion sickness (laughs) i was like you you poor little child he's so cute trying to learn um because she doesn't hey at least you mentioned it is like you had the Christmas game for her already, or yep. you know what to buy her it's, for. It's that aside already now, and I know exactly what I'm getting, and it's going to be this for her. Um, and then if it's good enough, we'll see if I end up getting it too. But then if Breath of the Wild comes out a month before, yeah, and, I'm and, not and touching that's, it. And because that's the thing, like with when Xenoblade and the Nintendo Direct was announced as the September game, I was like, mm. okay, so if Zelda is going to come out, and because they will definitely want Zelda to be the thing, yeah. Then that's the October November game. A yeah. Pokemon game sells switches and will. Arceus sold six point five million copies in like three days. That wasn't. Oh yeah, January, that's right. Remember? We talked about that. So it's like that Pokemon by itself sells a lot. That actually sells more than Zelda. So, just from like a financial perspective, I can see Nintendo being like a Breath of the Wild two or the sequel to Breath of the Wild needs more time. Yeah. They will they will be willing to push that because they already basically have their entire year laid out. Only October has kind of like that empty space where they could like insert something. Yeah. So if I mean, Zelda still could with December really, but this would they? It's, <laughs> it's rare for Nintendo to release something in December. The only exception they did was Smash because they needed to put out something for that year. Yeah. So because I think this, this might be a January game. Yeah. It remember Breath of the Wild original was March. So there's yeah. precedent for Zelda games coming at the beginning of the year, so, and that's as like, we're seeing, as we're seeing with Elden Ring, is like that's not hurting a lot. So Elden Ring in the UK is like cleaning shop right now in sales. Really? Yeah. All right, good for them. Yeah. So yeah, it's. I am more letting go of the idea of getting Zelda this year, but I would be surprised. To me, always the red flag is what's the title? They're not calling it Breath of the Wild too. They were. They already call it now. Right. So. Huh. Your number one game, most anticipated game of the year may slip, Paul, but... (laughs) It it might continue to be pushed back further, and with my luck, that that tracks, because that keeps happening to me. Either it comes out terrible, or uh, it gets pushed back further. But think about it this way, just with what we've gotten at the beginning of this year, even if Zelda slips, this has already been 
one hell of a 2022 we've been in the game side so good that in I'm the game like, side not in the real I, world yeah okay yeah that's a good point <laughs> games yes everything yes. else ooh, it's ooh. Uh, we're not going to touch that right now but exactly I, I say overall, I'm really excited for the rest of this year and mm -hmm. especially the long-term changes from Activision with Call of Duty, the new Pokemon direction, and all of these really good action adventure games that are going to inspire countless more mm -hmm. that can't wait till the next wave of that hits. All right, before we leave, as we're wrapping up, I have to kind of tell you because I skipped it in the Call of Duty section. I read this horrible joke of saying that Activision delayed Call of Duty because they're waiting for World War Three to happen so they can have new content to put out in the game. Considering what's happening yeah. right now, it's terrifying. Uh -huh. It's um, <laughs> just going to drink my tea for that one. Yeah. So, Paul, where can people find you? As always, y'all can find me at Dork of Art on Twitter. And uh, that's really all I put anything on. I've been adding more um, art lately. I just finished another major character with the final art for the game that's coming out on April 9th called mm -hmm. Sea of Choices, five bucks on Steam. And um, that's, I, I really want to put the uh, the main de developer on here one day after the game comes out. Mm -hmm. So that'd be um, awesome we can like interview him on his process and stuff. Cause every time I go over, I get to play like an unreleased build of the game. And we talk about like development stuff, but he's also like very self-taught. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll mention him to him things from different games. And he's like, I've never heard of that. I'm going to put that in the game. And in so I, <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I already, I think I purchased mine, but I, I think he could definitely do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's that's where y'all can see me and talk about that. Where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at a underscore Drosegobia for some fun retweets. They can find me at Alejandro Segovia 93 on Instagram, where I would usually post the episodes and the links to the episodes whenever they go live. And you can find some of my written content at thecriticalcorner.com. I'm still the Batman comes out this week. So I'm if I watch it, I may I review it depending that. about that because I've been doing more the Facebook short reviews if I don't feel much to say. Yeah. Or much content. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Paul, enjoy the rest of Mardi Gras. And everyone out there, stay safe. Ukrainians, we are, our thoughts are with you. And uh, screw Russia. And Paul, remember? Press X. To play. Good night, everybody. Hasta luego.